Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Revelation chapter number six. We're continuing our study in the book of Revelation, and we're just moving our way through. I told you in the beginning we're going to move slowly, and then we'll pick up the speed here. And so we're going to be in chapter number six here this morning. I want you to uh, be praying. If you would, last week I'd introduced this uh, October 10th day of uh, prayer. We're asking all of Ohioans to pray. We're getting as many uh, Christians across the state in many churches as possible. We want you to be a part of that in praying. Uh, some had asked this question, why October 10th? And uh, why not November 6th? Well, the reason why is, uh, I think I explained in a video, uh, there's no longer election day, it's election season now, and early voting starts on October 11th. And uh, they say that uh, in some cases, some of the decisions may be decided by, uh, by election day. And so we want to make sure that we're praying. We want to make sure that we are uh, just giving this matter to the Lord. And I'm going to invite you to pray for that. We're going to um, ask, uh, we're going to do our best to get a 24-hour uh, uh, prayer uh, vigil going that entire day. And so we want you to be a part of that. And you can sign up on that. If you, if you were to take your phone right now, you could take your phone and use that QR code. And you could pick a slot. I believe they're 15 minutes um, that shows an hour um, on there, but it's, I think, 15-minute spots that you can pick and uh, you can be praying, and we'd love to see people praying for a complete 24 hours uh, leading up to October 11th. And uh, so if you'll do that, we've got some signs that if you want to take those after the service, you can place in your yard, you can give those out, and uh, be praying. This is, a, this is a major issue. This is not a political issue. This is a biblical issue. Amen. And um, we need to stand for righteousness. We need to stand for godliness. And so I, uh, I pray that you'll take this serious. And uh, and the best way we can take this serious is by prayer. All right. I also want you to pray for a couple folks, if you would. One is John Toth. John Toth fell this morning. John is not doing well. He's had a lot of issues, um, some issues with his foot and his leg, um, and uh, just uh, fell and is at Prometica. Uh, so if you'd pray for John. Also, Sandy Nettles, she's having a play, uh, pain block put in this coming Thursday. So if you'll pray uh, for her as well. And then I want you to pray, if you would, please, um, uh, for, for myself, my family. I, I found out this um, just recently that uh, I was having some issues, and I went in last week to get a biopsy done. And um, I won't get into all the details of it, but I found out that I need to have a kidney transplant. Um, and so, uh, I'm too young for that. I'm too young. I'm too good looking. I'm too strong. I told the doctor, I said, you must get, have that wrong. But, um, because of, you know, my age and, um, all of those positive things, they said, I'm a, a candidate for a kidney transplant. And so we're going to start that process. Um, I think October 9th, I go in and meet with the, uh, nephrologist and uh, just begin to um, uh, go through that process of what that looks like. 
And um, he told me that uh, when my wife and I met with him, that he believes I have about 18 months uh, before I would be in total kidney failure. Um, so he's gonna try to avoid dialysis and go right into a kidney transplant. So if I walk around with a, a ruler and I'm measuring the backside of your back, um, don't get weirded out. I had all the deacons offer, but they're all old. I said, I don't want your kidney. I, I want a young, vibrant. Um, so obviously it was a shock, shock to us. I, I didn't expect that. Uh, but God, God knows, God's good. And uh, it's just uh, just one more thing that we're going to trust him uh, for. And so uh, we'll just keep serving the Lord. We'll keep serving him. We'll keep trusting him. And um, what do they have to throw at us, heaven? <laughs> you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, Revelation chapter number six. Revelation chapter six. And... Uh, we're going to be in this, look at this entire chapter. Boy, this is when the book of Revelation starts to get um, a little scary. You know, we, we saw some wonderful things. And obviously, John, in chapter 5, John was fearful and he was afraid. And the Bible says that he wept because, uh, because he was looking and there was no one worthy that could open that book, that scroll, that book that is uh, speaking of as a scroll. And that scroll has seals upon that scroll. And, and there was no one worthy. And remember last week as we looked at this, what is that? That was, that was uh, 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 Earth's, Earth's title deed that was lost to Satan. Satan took that from Adam. When God created this earth, he created it so that man would have dominion over it. And that man would, would uh, rule over the earth. And, and that's why even down in the Garden of Eden, God allowed Adam to, to name the animals. Adam and Eve were the, the king and queen, if you would, of this earth. And God would come in the coolness of the day, the Bible said, and he would fellowship with man. And he, man was told to, to keep it and subdue it and, and to tend to the things of the earth. But then Satan tempted man and man sinned. And, and when man sinned, man lost what God rightfully gave to man. Satan took that, and, and since that time, Satan has had power here upon this earth. And that's when Jesus was tempted and, uh, by Satan. Satan took Jesus over all the kingdoms of the earth. Remember that? And, and he said to Jesus, if you bow to me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms of the earth. How could Satan say such a thing? Is because at this time, he has dominion over this earth. And that was the issue in heaven. In Revelation chapter 4, we are raptured into heaven, all the saints. But in Revelation chapter 5, John is noticing all the saints are around the throne. All the saints are worshiping the Lamb. All the saints are there in heaven. But what about earth? Because that strong angel holds up that seal, that, that scroll, and says, Who is worthy? And, and no man could could stand and say, I'm worthy. Adam couldn't stand because Adam has sin. And, and the prophets couldn't stand because the prophets are sinful. And, and no man that's ever been born through Adam's seed could stand because of sin. So the Bible says there was no one on the earth. There was no one under the earth. There was no one in heaven. No man could stand and say, I will be the one to, to buy back, or I'll be the one to, to, to reclaim what Satan took through sin. The Bible says that John began to weep. 
Why is John weeping? The saints are in heaven because earth still belongs, still has a hold from Satan. What about all the souls on earth? What's going to happen to those that are there? Is it done? Is it over? Is this, is this, is this it? And one of the elders say to John, weep not. And points to the lamb and said, there is from the tribe of, of Judah, from the root of David, there is, a, there is a lamb that was slain. He is worthy to open that uh, scroll. He is worthy to open those seals. And Jesus then begins to open those seals. But as Jesus begins to open those seals, judgment now comes upon the earth. And so here we have in the book of Revelation, remember we looked at what was, and that's chapter number one. What is, is what we're living in the church age, chapter number two and chapter number three. And what is to come, the rapture of the church. And today we're going to look at this, the great tribulation, chapter number six. Chapter number six, we're going to see, as we get through this book, we're going to see this next event that's going to take place. And Jesus is able to open these seals. So Jesus is going to redeem or buy back or reclaim what belongs to Satan. And as he opens these seals, judgment is going to come here upon this earth. I want you to look with me in verse number 15 of chapter 6. In the king of, of the earth, the kings of the earth, these would be politicians, rulers, government leaders, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains and the mighty men, these are military officers. And every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. That is every person. No one, no one is able to escape the judgment that's going to come. The military leaders are going to have no, no uh, advice or no power against the judgment that's going to come. The, the, the one, the, the slave, is going to have no uh, advice or no power over the judgment. No one is going to escape the judgment that's going to uh, unfold, that's going to be uh, cast here upon this earth as these seals are opened up. The Bible says in verse number 16, and this is what they're crying out, they said unto the mountains and the rocks, fall on us. And hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. The judgment, the tribulation is going to be the wrath that is poured out upon this earth. And the Bible is going to speak of it in these seven seals. We're going to look at six of them in chapter number six here today. But this world is on a collision course with judgment, it's on a collision course. And we're seeing that course take place. There, there's going to come a day, there's going to come a day that God is going to allow mankind, this is what you want, you're going to have it. This is what you want to do, it's all yours. The rapture of the church, all the saints, those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, those that are born again are going to be raptured out of this, church, uh, this world. And when they're raptured out of this world, great judgment and great tribulation is going to come upon this earth. God is going to give these human beings what they want. You see some of the decisions that are being made right now, and some of you might look at the decisions that are being made now and think, this is just irrational. There's no sense into this. It just seems like these are foolish decisions. Yes, mankind left to his own is going to make foolish decisions. 
Anytime that mankind thinks they don't need God, and we're living in a world where the world has rejected God, they've denied God. We're, we're living in a day where, where, where you can pray, just don't pray in Jesus' name. Just to, to believe in Jesus is, 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 causes some to, to get very upset. There's a complete, total uh, uh, denial of Christ. There's a denial of God. Mankind is living a day now. I, I met with a, a, a young fella just not long ago, just in some counseling, and I began to tell him about God. And I mean, he's a young, young guy, and he said this to me. He said, I don't believe there's a God. And I said to him, then I don't know how to help you. Because I'm going to come from a standpoint that there's a God in heaven that wants to help you. And you're going to come from a standpoint that there is no God. That you make your own decisions and you make your own luck and you make your own destiny. And, and they've denied God. I want you to look at me if you would please. You can write this down in your notes. I, I'm going to turn there and read it for you. Matthew chapter 24 verse number 21. The Bible says this. For then shall be great tribulation. Jesus is saying this such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Jesus was telling of his disciples of this day, there's coming a time that the world has never seen anything like this before. If you think that the world, you've seen tragedy in this, tragedy in this world, this world has never seen anything like this time is going to be. Massive earthquakes, massive Issues, and we're going to see that here unfold as we open each one of these seals. Jesus says the church is the salt and life. Uh, salt and light. When we studied through the church age, we're the we're the salt and the light. We're supposed to take light to a dark world. What does salt do? What's the significance of salt? Salt keeps things from spoiling. Salt keeps things from becoming putrid. But when the rapture of the church takes place and the saints are taken out of this earth, there ceases to be that light. There ceases to be that salt. So everything here now upon this earth is going to be darkness. I'm not talking about necessarily physical darkness. I'm talking about spiritual darkness, wickedness. Vile things are going to take place. What man can imagine in his mind is what man is going to do. And, and like in the days of Noah, man did evil continually. Man is going to decide what he wants to do. And we see it even today as we see this begin to spiral toward this collision course to judgment. We're seeing it today. All of the laws that you can make, all the rules that you want to make, isn't going to stop man's heart from sinning. Man needs Jesus Christ. It's the only way. And Jesus says this, the church is that salt and that light, and the rapture is going to take out that salt and light. Could you imagine earth without any spiritual light, without any salt? In order to get back what was lost to Satan, the lamb began to open the scroll, to open the seals that we find in chapter number six. And I want you to look through, let's go through each of these seals here today. And maybe for some, you've studied through the book of Revelation, and there's probably not going to be much new here, but maybe some, this is your first study through the book of Revelation. And, and today, I, I don't come to chapter number six to scare anyone. Because if you are a child of God, you won't be here in chapter number six. 
I want to make that clear. As we study this, there's many Christians that say, I don't want to know because it causes me to be afraid. And I remind them, we're not going to be here. This is for us to understand what's going to happen when we're not here. This is for us to, uh, to, to take the gospel of Jesus Christ because we don't want anyone to be here during this time. This ought to motivate the church, not scare the church. This ought to ch cause the church to occupy till Jesus Christ comes, not just sit back and live in fear. Is, is there a lot of uh, uh, fearful things that are going to take place in chapter number six? Yes. But this is what God is going to allow the lamb to do in order to receive back what was lost here upon the earth to Satan because of sin. This is what's going to happen to those that have rejected Jesus Christ as the Messiah. The first seal that we find here is in chapter number six and verse number one and two. And I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one that four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw and beheld a white horse and he that sat upon it had a bow and, and a crown was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, in, in Revelation chapter 4, in verse number 7, I want you to go just a page back with me. L look at these beasts that were there. These beasts, we, we see this beast. I want to I talk to you today. Let's, let's look at what's happening here. I, I don't want to just look at the seal that's being broken, but what's taking place here so that we have a better understanding. I want you, as we're studying through this, I want you to be able to explain and understand at least up through chapter number 6. And as we add each chapter in here, I want you to have a, a good knowledge, a good understanding of what the book of Revelation is all about. And so as we get to these beasts, we see this, and I saw when the lamb opened the one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts, these four beasts. Go with me to chapter number four and look at, with me in verse number seven. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face of a man, and the fourth beast were like a flying eagle. Now, the Bible says like a, meaning this. These are symbolisms. This isn't uh, an ox or an eagle. The, they are like. This is what John, as he's seeing it, he's envisioning as he's seeing these beasts, he's seeing one is like this lion, one is as this ox, one is as, as a, a man, one is like an eagle, and, and he's seeing this around the throne. And so this, this word, that word beast there, as we think of the word beast, we think of a, an ugly animal, a beast, like beauty and the beast, something horrific. Not, not necessarily, that word beast there is, is the word zoar, zoar which, which could very well mean a, a cherubim, the, the highest class of angels. And what is the significance of this? As these angels, these beasts, these highest class of angels are gathered around the throne, as John is seeing them, one is as a lion. That, that signifies majesty. That's majesty. The, the one of the ox signifies servanthood or servitude. That, that one of a man speaks of humanity. The, the one of the eagle speaks of deity. Now, what's interesting, if you were to study through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each one of those four Gospels depict Jesus in a different way. The book of Matthew depicts Jesus as the lion in his majesty. 
The, the book of Mark depicts him as the servant, servitude. The book of Luke talks of his humanity, right? Where do we find the fact that he was born of a virgin? We go to the Christmas story, we find the, his humanity. In the book of John, the gospel of John speaks to him of his deity. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And so as the gospels, each of these gospels depict Jesus in each of these areas, his majesty, his servitude, his humanity, his deity. So do these beasts that are gathered around the throne. They're, they're, they're showing his, his majesty, his servitude, his humanity, and his deity. All of this is making sense. All of this we find in God's word. This is describing what is centered around the throne. When the lamb is recognized, what do we find? We find those that are showing his glory. Now, we come to this chapter. So we know who these beasts, it's signifying the, the glory of Jesus Christ, who he is. And the Bible says this, and I saw and behold a white horse. Now, some would think this, well, white horse, that must mean Jesus. But that's not Jesus here in chapter number six, verse two. Jesus is not coming. Jesus doesn't come until after the tribulation is over. We'll see that as we study through. There's one that sitteth on a white horse. What does that white horse signify? Conquest. The one coming on this white horse is going to come in conquest. Well, who is this one on this white horse? Because it should signify, when you think of a white horse, it should signify Jesus. We know that Jesus is coming to conquer. We know that Jesus is coming. Look, look what it says here in verse number two. And he sat on him a bow. Jesus is, is going to come with power and majesty and on him was given a crown. Jesus is going to come. He's the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. And all this was given to him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Well, if this isn't Jesus, but it sounds like it's describing him, what could and who could this one be? It's the Antichrist. It's the one that's impersonating Jesus. It's the one that is going to come and he's going to say that he is God. He is the Messiah. The first seal that's going to be opened up, we're going to see the Antichrist comes upon the scene. Now, I want us to understand, again, in biblical context here. There are some that say this, Christian, we are going to know who the Antichrist is before we get raptured out. Not according to Scripture. The Antichrist is not revealed until we are raptured out. And then the Antichrist is revealed. The Antichrist comes on this white horse once Jesus Christ in heaven stands and proclaims that he is worthy. And he begins to open the seal as he's opening the seal. And what do you, what do you say? What are you saying with that? Even in the midst of all this judgment, Jesus Christ is still in control. He still has all power. He still has all authority. Even when it seems like the world is spinning out of control, Jesus Christ is all-powerful. God is in control. There, there are some that would say this, and, and again, these are just some things that, I, that I'm hearing even as we're studying through this. People are sending me things. You know, here, here's the mark of the beast. Are you going to take the mark? Listen to me, the mark of the beast is not going to be offered to us before we are raptured out. If you are a Bible believer, you will believe this. Why? Because the book of Revelation tells us the order of things that are happening. 
If you have received Christ as your Savior, the first thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to be raptured out of this, this earth. Once you're raptured, then these events are going to start to happen. I get concerned sometimes. Scott, sometimes I think that some of us want to see what's going to happen. I'd rather see Jesus. So here we find this one on this white horse is coming to conquest. Conquest. He is imitating Christ. This is Satan's false Messiah. This is Satan's false Messiah. I believe I was texting back and forth with someone this week, and isn't it a shame that, that, that Israel is denying the true Messiah, but they're going to believe the false Messiah? Isn't that, a, isn't that a shame when you really think about it? Here God is giving them truth, and they're going to deny what truth is, but they're going to believe a lie? But they are. They are when we're seeing that unfold even today, right before our eyes. This is Satan. This is the false Messiah. That first seal that is opened is going to be the false Messiah. He is coming. This is the Antichrist. He is coming to proclaim himself as God. He is coming to conquest. He is coming to take control of this earth. In John 5, 43, the Bible says this, Jesus speaking, I come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. And we're seeing that take place in our world even right now. Where God, we have the truth of the Messiah, and nobody, nobody in the world doesn't want the truth. They want to believe something other than the truth. And Jesus says, I've come to reveal the truth, and you don't want to hear it. Someone else is going to come, and he's speaking of this seal that's opened up. Someone else is going to come. He is going to proclaim that he is truth, and the world is going to believe this man. The world is looking for a hero. And guess what the world's going to find? That the man that they think is their hero, the man that they think is the, the Messiah, is not there to bring peace. But that man is going to destroy this earth. Look with me, if you would, please, in Daniel. I know I've got a lot of Scripture here today, but the book of Daniel, chapter number 8, Old Testament, the book of Daniel, chapter number 8, to study Revelation, you need to study Daniel. To study Daniel and Revelation, you need to study Ezekiel. There's a lot involved there. And as we continue to move forward here in the book of Revelation, we'll, we'll, we'll look at several different Old Testament prophecies as well. Daniel, he also gets a look into the future like John. And Daniel writes this in Daniel 8.25. He says this, And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. Through his policy, he's going to set up policies. He's going to set up things, orders, and policies, and, and, and through those policies, he's going to cause craft to prosper. He's going to make a, he's going to pretend that his policies are what the world needs, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. What is the Antichrist going to do? He's going to proclaim peace. What is the world wanting? Peace. There's a giant building in New York City called the UN. And what's their purpose? Peace. Yet there's no more peace today than there's ever been. There, the world is crying for peace. 
And they're looking for a leader that will bring peace. Jesus Christ can do it, but they, don't, they reject the Messiah. So they're looking for someone else, this one coming in on the white horse. He is going to proclaim peace. He's going to proclaim through my policies, we're going to bring peace. Through my policies, we're going to bring pro- prosperity. He is going to guarantee through his policies utopia here on earth. But it's a lie. And all mankind is going to see this and hear this. At last, someone is going to bring about what the world is clamoring for, peace. So the first, that first seal that's opened, we are introduced to the Antichrist and we see his military might. He's coming with a bow. He's coming with that crown. He's coming to conquer Look with me in the second seal that's open, verse number three. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, come and see. There went out another horse. This time this horse was red. And the power was given to him that sat upon, sat thereon to take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. The second seal that's going to be opened up, we're going to see this second seal is murdering and wars. Murdering and wars. Just horrible death through murdering and wars is going to take place. That, that color red signifies the color of blood. Murdering and wars. The killing of people. And we see that even in today as we watch the wars that are happening around this world, it's not just governments fighting governments, but innocent people are getting caught in the middle of it and blood is being shed. Innocent blood is being shed. That's one of the problems with war is it's not just those that are fighting the war that get killed. And here we're going to find as this second, as this second seal is opened, this one is going to come on a red horse. That red horse it is a significance, the color of blood. This is going to be hatred is going to be unrestrained. Hatred upon this earth. Again, we're going to see a lot of these things already start to happen. We see mankind is getting inching closer and closer to this. We see it in our day's world today. We see people are able to just kill. People are able to, 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 to hurt. People are able to just, just cause great harm against other human life. And as we're looking at that, we're thinking, how could this world spiral out of control like this? But when, when, when the rapture of the church takes place and the salt is gone and the light is gone, there is going to be unrestrained hatred and unrestrained wars that are going to take place upon this earth. People are going to die. Go with me, if you would, please, to Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38. Verse number 21. Ezekiel 28, 38, I'm sorry, 38, verse number 21. Ezekiel writes this as he prophesies, and I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be turned against his brother. Great anger is going to take place. Great tribulation here, this second seal is going to bring murderers and wars and bloodshed. Hatred is going to be unrestrained. And this is all because God is going to allow this to take place. It's his judgment 
being poured out upon the earth. That's the second seal. I want you to see the third seal. In Revelation chapter number six, we find in verse number five. And we had, when, when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And I beheld in a low, in low a black horse, and he that sat on that had a, a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. I want you to mark this down. That third seal is going to be famine that's upon this earth. Great famine is going to take place. The black horse speaks of famine. Some may say, well, it looks like it's of death. No, it's, it's a famine. You know, what comes after wars? Great famine. We can look at the war that's taking place in Ukraine today, and in prices of everything is skyrocketing. What's going to happen in this day, it is going to be a man's wage is going to cost a man's wage in order for him to get a loaf of bread. A day's wage. Now, some of you might say this. Have you been shopping lately? It's almost there. We're seeing this. We're seeing this come. You, you know what's interesting? You know what's so interesting? The Bible has been written for thousands of years. And mankind looks at the Bible and says, there's no way. And as we see these things start to unfold, you know what we see? We see the world preparing for these things. Famine. All it takes, you know, you know it is said this, that, that America, Ukraine, and there's one other, one of you farmers would know what this is. There's another place, and pretty much all the grain and all the wheat from all that feeds the entire world comes from these main areas. And all that has to happen is war take place in one of those areas. All that has to happen is bloodshed takes place in one of those areas and food cannot be taken from the ground. Grain cannot be taken and then shipped out and food cannot be, be made. And when food cannot be made, the price of everything goes up. And what happens with famine? People begin to die. How many of you have ever been hungry before? I mean, it was two hours since you ate last. <laughs> You're hungry. Most of us in America don't know what hunger truly is. We don't know what famine truly is. There's going to be mothers. They're going to lose their children because they won't have the food to feed their children during this time. There's going to be families that face death because there's going to be no food to feed their children. When this seal is open, a great famine, this black horse is going to come. This speaks of famine, the rationing of food. Food prices are going to soar. Economic trouble and starvation is going to come to the earth. And Jesus said this of this time. He says, woe to them that give that are with child. Woe to them that give suck to child. What is he saying? Woe to the mother that's caring for that child because she won't have enough nurturing herself to feed that young child. Think about this. 
how horrible this is going to be. What, what comes is, is the Antichrist is coming and he is saying this, I will conquer and I will set up peace, but he's not going to set up peace. They're going to come and believe that he is, but when he takes control and he takes power, these other seals are going to be broken and war is going to come and famine is going to come. And Jesus says, woe to them during this time. This is great famine. Chapter number six, verse number seven, what is that fourth seal that's going to be broken? And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast saying, come and see. And I looked and behold a pale horse. His name that sat upon it was death and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with beast of the earth. That pale horse, it depicts the color of death. Some would say, well, what in the black horse? Doesn't that mean death? No, here, as we're studying this through pale, when you see someone that has lost their life, a, a human being that has lost their life, what do we say? They've lost their color, they're pale. That pale horse represents death. War and famine produce death. Verse number eight is it says this, as we look at what this is going to produce, it says this, that death was there upon the earth and hell followed after him. All the demons and all the, 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 the devils of hell are gonna come and come upon this earth and bring havoc. And through that, a fourth part of the earth is going to be destroyed. A fourth part. You're gonna be killed you're going to hunger or die because of famine. And then you say, well, how are they going to be killed with death? That, that word death there, it means this, plagues. And very well may be, some of this may be biological warfare. Some of it we saw back in 2020 where there was this virus that escaped. And how many of you remember that? You say, oh, there's no way. There's no way. There, there is no way what the Bible is saying is true. We've experienced a touch of it. Oh, to the one that's sitting here today that is denying the word of God, that's denying that Jesus Christ is the lamb, come to Jesus before it's too late. Because wrath is going to come upon this earth. Here we see in this horse, death is going to come. This could be biological warfare, disease being given out throughout all the earth. Plagues for the purpose of death. You say, why would anybody make a plague of death? Because it's evil. There's going to be great persecution that's going to come as well. Look with me in verse number nine. I want to I want to take a moment on this because this verse causes some confusion. And so let me, let, me, let me read this and then we're going to talk through some of this, okay? In verse number nine, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that will dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto them, one, uh, every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were 
should be fulfilled. Now, in chapter number six, verse number nine through 11, we're speaking of martyred Christians. Now, if you're paying attention, I know what you're gonna say is, wait a minute, I thought we're raptured out before this takes place. Exactly right. Then who are these people, who are these martyrs that take place during the tribulation? That is this, those that reject the Antichrist, reject the mark of the beast, and put their faith in the Messiah. There are going to be some that will be saved during the tribulation. That is a theological understanding, a biblical understanding of this passage of Scripture. There will be souls saved during the tribulation. There will be a great revival that's going to take place during the tribulation. There is going to be great persecution to those that, that are saved. Those that are saved, they're not going to be able to buy or sell or trade. And, and that, that's, that's the confusion. Some say, well, look, it looks like Christians. So how do you believe that the, 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 uh, uh, the rapture took place because there's Christians living here? And that's why I need to be afraid. No, the rapture takes place. All of the saints are in heaven. But from that point forward, those that are alive here upon this earth that are not saved when the tribulation or the rapture takes place, there's going to be an opportunity for them to hear the gospel and trust Jesus Christ as their savior. They will then realize that the antichrist is not the true Messiah. They will reject him. They will not bow to him. They will not take his mark. They won't be able to buy, sell, or trade. And they are going to be killed for their faith in the lamb. Go with me to Revelation chapter 20. I want to show you this. Revelation chapter number 20, in verse number four. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And look what he says. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark. Let's look again. They were beheaded. What is, it, what is going to happen to those martyrs that are alive during the tribulation that are killed for their faith in Jesus Christ? They're going to be beheaded. They were beheaded because of what? They, they had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had they received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. They are going to be a part of the millennial reign of Christ but they are not going to go to heaven through the rapture. They're going to experience death. And I want you to see something here. They are going to be praying and calling out to the lamb. They're saying, and, and, and they're saying, save us from this. Avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. They're, they're going to be crying out to the Lamb. But as we read in our text verse, verse number 14, 15, and 16, those unsaved men... Those kings and rulers and, and military might, they're not praying to the lamb and to God. They're praying to nature to fall on us. Nature, do something about this. They still are going to reject God. But there's going to be some that are going to receive Jesus Christ and they're going to pray to the almighty God. We see in Revelation chapter 20 that they are going to be represented there in heaven. They're going to be represented in the millennial reign of Christ. They did not receive the mark. They did not bow to the Antichrist. They did not worship the beast. And because of that, they have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Some will not bow to the Antichrist. 
Some are not going to receive his mark. Now, this is the problem. You're sitting here saying this, great. I'll believe it when I see it. And when I see it, then I'll believe. I want you to go to 2 Thessalonians 2. And I want everyone to see this. 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Paul is writing about end times. It's, it's the second coming of Jesus. Remember the church at Thessalonica, they are so concerned. We believe that Jesus is coming, but people are dying and what's happening? And Jesus has to get it, or Paul has to get it settled. No, those that have died before Jesus comes, they're gonna be raised again at the last day. And, and then those that are alive and remain are gonna be caught up in the clouds. He, he settles that, but they're, they're so consumed with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And, and, and Paul says this in verse number 11, wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would, Count you worthy of his calling and fulfill of the good pleasure of his good work and work out faith with... I'm reading the wrong verse here. Verse number 11 of chapter 2. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. If you're sitting here today and you've rejected Jesus Christ, it's what we're finding as well. If you're sitting here today and you have rejected Jesus Christ, you will get no second chance. The Bible says here that God is going to allow you to believe the lie. What lie? The lie of the Antichrist, that he is the Messiah. You'll take his mark, you'll bow to the beast. You see, by rejecting Jesus Christ, you are sealing your fate. Eternity from God, away from God. But those, there's gonna be some that are born. There's going to be some that are born during the tribulation. There's going to be some that are going to hear the gospel for the first time. You say, how are they going to hear the gospel? You know what the wonderful thing is? All of our Bibles are going to be left behind. All the Gideons that, that print those Bibles and give those Bibles out on hotels and college campuses and in and, and, and places around this world, all the, all the jungles and in, 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 uh, the deepest, darkest corners of this earth, all the Bibles that are going to be placed, all, all, the, all the preaching. I, I hope that somebody one day turns on this post and hears the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope that during that tribulation, somebody says, there's a preacher. We don't know where he's at. He's gone. He's disappeared and the whole church with him. There's only just a few of the deacons left in that church, but they're keeping the thing going. But we can still... <laughs> I'm just mad because none of them will give me that uh, kidney. <laughs> but they could listen to a message and hear the truth of the gospel. That's why I'm saying to you, that's where the Bible talks about every idle word. That's why we ought not have idle words because our voice is going to continue to, to ring through. I can pick up a tape of someone from centuries ago. I, I, have, I used to have on my phone, I, I would have a voicemail that my dad had left for me. I could listen to his voice. And there's going to be some that are going to pick up a Bible Turn on a gospel preaching ministry. Watch something that was left by a born-again Christian. They're going to pick that up, and they're going to read it. And they're going to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. 
But great persecution is going to come to them, and I, I need to close. Go back with me to Revelation. The sixth seal is opened. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth. The moon became as blood. The stars of heaven fell into the earth, and as a fig tree casteth her uh, untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. The heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Massive, number six, this seal that is going to be opened up is massive, massive cataclysms are going to take place here upon this earth. There is going to be severe disorder upon earth. A worldwide earthquake is going to take place and it's going to shake this earth. It's going to move mountains it's going to change waterways. The sun is going to be blotted out. There's no sun and there's no growth and there's no growth. There's no food. There's no food. There's famine. If there's famine, there's death. And the military leaders across this world and the kings and politicians across this world, they're going to just shake their head and they're going to say, what is going on? We have no power. The moon is going to turn to blood. Stars are going to fall from the heavens. Asteroids will fall upon this earth. And the Bible says this, and heaven's going to, heaven is going to, let's look in verse number 14. And heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. I believe this. This is going to be one of man's final attempts. Nuclear warfare. You ever see a nuclear cloud that takes place? They drop that bomb and it sucks all the air out. As John is describing this, the heavens are going to open like a scroll. Great, great, horrific pain is going to take place. But the saddest part of all is they still don't turn to Jesus. They still, instead of turning to God, they pray to nature. Oh, rocks, hills, fall on us. Take us from this. They're worshiping creation instead of the creator. They're worshiping this world instead of the one that made this world. And as we study these seals that are broken as a believer in Christ, our hearts have to just be broken. There are some people that I've met on this earth that I don't like. Nobody in this room. I love everyone in this room. The deacons don't like me right now, but I still love them. I don't want anybody to go through this. Could you imagine suffering? every one of these seals and still believing a lie. So what do we do with this? Number one, 
if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, will you trust him today? What are you waiting for? Why are you delaying? Trust him as your Savior. One day you're going to bow and you're going to proclaim him as Lord, but why don't you today bow and proclaim him as your Savior? What do we do with this? Christian, this is why we cannot stay idle. This is why we still support missionaries. This is why we still go out in the community and get the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is still why we tell the gospel to our neighbors. This is why when we go to work, we don't get consumed with the things of this world, but we see ourselves as a light and salt to a dark world. So why? So they have hope in Jesus Christ. What does this relay to us that Jesus is the hope? There's no hope in this world. They're gonna cry out, please fall on us. They're going to cry out the rocks that can't hear them instead of a God that loves them. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't wait. I say this each week, and I remind you, there's no event that has to happen on this earth. I know there's some that believe this. Wait till the next red blood moon. Wait till this event happens. That I'm not waiting for anything. Jesus Christ can come today. There's nothing else that has to happen. Stop believing those people that say on October whatever, you, will, you mark it down. Jesus is going to come because this is going to happen. Jesus can come today. Before we leave here, there's nothing preventing his return. So stop looking and waiting for some sign and put your faith in Jesus Christ because without faith, it is impossible to please him. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.